0: All you suckers MCs, ain't got nothing on me, on my grades, on my lines, you can't touch Eric C, I'm a mathlete, I'm a nerd, but forget what you heard, I'm like James Bond 3rd I'm shaking out syrup, Eric C. Joining me today, Kyle Whitley, who's father, the inventor of toaster strudel, may not be too pleased to hear about this. And also, joining us on the three-way call, because you got to love the early 2000s, Ashby Brain. Ashby Brain. How do I begin to explain Ashby Brain? Ashby Brain is flawless. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I hear her hair is insured for $10,000. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Her favorite movie is Twister. One time she met Christian Kane on a plane and he told her she was pretty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. Yeah, (laughs) that's your brain, everyone. Everybody. Oh, how are we doing? I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna take the recording of that and just like take it everywhere as my introduction.
0: You should. You you should. (laughs) I'm surprised we got through it.
1: (laughs) Fifty percent of that is true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to get like too like personal with all the stuff being true. So, I mean, that's the thing about that scene is how what is true and what's rumor that people just heard about them about Mm -hmm. Regina George. I mean, that's fair. So I figured let's leave a little bit of truth in there because, in every lie, there's a kernel of truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I learned that in sight. That's what makes it believable. That's what that's makes right. it believable. So, yeah, you, you have two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. Your hair is insured for ten grand, and you punched Eric in the face. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that, that was is that. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually true.
2: <laughs> I was trying to think like during the whole Hamilton sing along, she just got
0: excited and went wow. Right yeah, I had a black <laughs> eye for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah She, mm-hmm. you know, she was doing the um, the Hercules Mulligan. Mm-hmm. You know, blap blap. She was like blap blap, <laughs> and just <laughs> I almost got blapped right then. Yeah, I am Hercules Mulligan.
2: <laughs> Is that the new like what the what saying like get blapped? Get blapped.
0: I feel like we're the not gangster we enough mu- to say that. Okay. <laughs> Whole nother movie. We're Whole not going another there. movie, but instead tonight we are going to be talking about. Mean Girls tonight. We're here. That's right. You've know you
2: been talking about this since we started (laughs) the podcast. Since we started.
0: This was a dream of mine because I love this movie. We'll get into the why I love it in a little bit. But get in, losers. We're going podcasting. (laughs) Thank you for joining us where we will keep you. We ought to cancel your podcast, but we've already paid for the DJ. But we will keep you here all night. We, We can't keep them here past four. We will keep you here until four. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast, And, of course, rate and review us. We accept five-star ratings. It's a five. Can we get this in the next size up? No, we only accept stars one, three, and five. If that doesn't work, you can try Sears. Please also join us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at what the what Media.
2: All one word. All one
0: word. Word, word. word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Please share this with your friends. We're not like a regular podcast. There are no rules here. We're like a cool podcast.
1: Eric, please stop talking. Okay. Last week on the podcast, Kyle and I discussed arguments with our parents. that were just funny to talk about now. On today's episode, though, we are taking a deep dive. Into Mean Girls. Here's your spoiler warning for today's episode. If you have not seen Mean Girls, so you've never actually seen Mean Girls before, shut up. Shut up.
2: (laughs) Uh, I I didn't say anything.
1: If you haven't seen this movie, you will have heard about 75% of the quotes by the time the podcast is over, probably from Eric. So make sure you check it out before you listen.
2: (laughs) You know, I'm not allowed to recap movies right. Two years ago... Eric told me that recapping movies was his thing, and I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. And then for Christmas, my parents got me this awesome, expensive gold movie recapper, and I had to pretend like I didn't even like it. It was so sad. So, Eric, since this is your thing, give us a brief refresher on what actually happened in Mean Girls and recap this movie.
0: I don't think we had that conversation two years ago. I'm just saying. We did, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) 16-year-old homeschooled Katie Herring, not Caddy. Katie Herron and her zoologist parents, Betsy and Chip Heron, return to the United States after a 12-year research trip in Africa, settling in Evanston, Illinois. On her first day ever of attending a real school before, uh, North Shore High School, Katie attempts to make new friends, but to no avail. The next day, she meets and befriends Janice, Ian, and Damian Lee. They educate Katie on the school's various cliques and warn her to avoid the most popular and infamous one, the plastics which is led by beautiful and manipulative Queen Bee, Regina George, and includes the insecure but rich Gretchen Wieners and the sweet but dim-witted Karen Smith. One, you know, I sat with her in English one time. She asked me how to spell orange. The Plastics take an interest in Katie after defending her against a sexist classmate and invite her to sit with them at lunch. After learning of the invitation, Janice asks Katie to befriend them and to spy on them for her. Katie soon learns about the burn book, A scrapbook the plastics have made that is filled with horrible rumors, secrets, and insults about other girls and some teachers at school. Using the book, Janice devises a plan to get back at Regina, but Katie is reluctant, thinking Regina is a good friend. Katie becomes attracted to Regina's ex-boyfriend, Aaron Samuels, man, Katie, and purposely fails math, a subject that she is gifted at. She's taking calculus as a junior Uh, in order to have an excuse to talk to him. Regina finds out about Katie's crush on Aaron from a three-way call attack, you know, orchestrated by Gretchen. And jealously jealously, jealousy steals him back at a Halloween party by kissing him in front of Katie. This spurs Katie to fully commit to Janice's plan to cut off Regina's resources, which involves breaking Regina and Aaron up, tricking Regina into eating Swedish nutrition bars that actually make her gain weight, and turning Regina's fellow plastics against her. In the process, Katie unwittingly remakes herself in Regina's image and becomes spiteful and superficial, And abandons Janice and Damien. When Regina is finally made aware of Katie's treachery, she retaliates by spreading the contents of the burn book all over the school, quickly inciting massive socially motivated brawls throughout the halls. Or, as the secretary tells the principal, they've gone wild. The girls have gone wild. That's such a 2000s joke. Wow. To avoid suspicion, Regina inserts a fake libel of herself in the book in order to blame Katie, Gretchen, and Karen, the only female juniors not mentioned in the book. Karen convinces the school principals, Ron Duvall, that they did not write the book, who soon quells the fighting and gathers all the junior girls in the gymnasium. Math teacher Mrs. Norberry makes the girls face the ways they all uh, all treat each other and apologize to each other. And the teachers, the plan sees success as friendships are rekindled. And when Janice's turns come, she confesses her plan to destroy Regina with Katie's help, openly mocking Regina, drawing praise from all the other students that Regina has bullied. Raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Regina George. The yep. best part of that is like all the teachers and the assistant pr- or the uh, the receptionists and the principal raising their hand there too. Uh, so pursued by an apologetic Katie, Regina storms out of the school, and is struck by a bus, breaking her spine. That's how Regina George died. No, just kidding. Uh, she did get hurt, though. Breaking her spine, and rumor spread that Katie pushed Regina in front of the bus. So shunned by her, sp- her peers, grounded by her parents, Katie takes full blame for the burn book. After making amends with Regina, she joins the mathletes in the state championship finals to make up for the math test she failed. Katie answers the tiebreaker correctly. The limit does not exist. And they win the championship for the fir- for the school. At the Spring Fling Dance, Regina's new boyfriend, Shane Oman, is elected king, while Katie is elected queen. And on stage... Katie declares that all of her classmates are wonderful in their own way, snaps her plastic tiara and distributes the pieces to other girls in the crowd, and reconciles with Janice, Damien, and Aaron, and reaches a truce with the plastics. The plastics disband over summer vacation. Regina joins the lacrosse team and channels her anger into sports. Karen becomes the school weather reporter. That's a 30% chance it's already raining, by the way. And Gretchen joins the cool Asians clique. Aaron graduates from high school and attends Northwestern while starting a relationship with Katie, who visits him on the weekends. Janice begins dating math flick Kevin Napore, Kevin T in the Power of Three, my favorite band of all time, whom she initially disliked. And as Katie reflects on the social peace that has taken over North Shore High, a group of new junior plastics has arisen, and Katie imagines them being hit by a bus like Regina was. So violent. So, mo- the movie Mean Girls. Came out in 2004. It's an American teen comedy film directed by Mark Waters, written by Tina Fey. Stars Lindsay Lohan, arguably at her peak, by the way. Rachel McAdams, Tim Meadows, Lacia Chabert, Lizzie Kaplan, Jonathan Bennett, Daniel Frazees, Amy Poehler, and Tina Fey. Based in part of Rosalind Wiseman's 2002 nonfiction self help book, Queen Bees and Wannabes, which describes female high school social cliques and the damaging effects they can have on girls, Tina Fey also drew from her own experience at Upper Darby High School as an inspiration for some of the concepts in the field. This is the first film to star Amanda Seafried, which I, I thought was very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Saturday Night Live creator Lauren Michaels produced the film. Tina Fey, screenwriter and co star of the film, was a long term cast member and writer for SNL. And although it was set in Illinois, the film was mostly shot in, shot in Toronto, Canada. Filming took place from September to November 2003. This film marks Lohan's second collaboration with director Waters, the first being Freaky Friday, which was released a year earlier. That's a good movie. Um, it was released on April 30th, 2004, and it grossed $130 million worldwide and developed a cult following. The made-for-television sequel Mean Girls 2 premiered on ABC Family on January 23rd, 2011, and that's the last we'll talk about that. And a musical adaptation premiered on Broadway in March 2018, and I want to go so bad. So, anyway, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like this movie? Kyle?
2: I'll go in the middle. I wrote a number, actually, this time. Good. I put 7 or 8. Okay, good. Because, and I I got me, I said, don't get me wrong, I really like this movie. But knowing how much you like this movie, I don't know that I could dare say I'd come close to to the amount that you like this movie. So I would say seven. Seven's a good number.
1: Ashby? I'm probably a four or a five. Oh, my God.
2: That's honestly Um, higher than I was expecting. I was expecting a three. I would have thrown my microphone at her face.
1: This movie came out when we were in high school. I was in high school. I was in high school. And I remember watching it, I think, and just being like, okay (laughs) and it wasn't until uh, three two or three years later when I was in college that I started being aware of like people quoting it around me and then I would be like that sounds familiar what movie is that from they'd be like Mean Girls uh have you ever seen Mean Girls I'm like yeah but I don't remember really like and, and then I started realizing that this movie has somehow become a cultural phenomenon, and I missed it. I just watched it thinking it was just any other movie that was, like, okay and sort of funny. Um, I, this movie, like, how, what it means to other people and, like, the idea of what it stands for in pop culture for our generation, that flew right past me. Like, I just remember being like, this is a decent turns
2: out ashby's regina george
1: that i'll probably never watch again
2: (laughs) ashby's regina george and she's like why are they making fun of this girl and giving her such a hard time i don't get it she's just being honest about these people eric's so disappointed he's just i mean it's it is super
1: quotable it is super quotable i will give you that And I get that it is like a perfect snapshot of what it was like to go to school in the early, like high school in the early 2000s. But I think that I end up being maybe a dissenting person in situations like this because I don't like to watch things that remind me too closely of things that have happened to me in real life like that's not escapism entertainment to me which is why like when someone tried to get me to watch orange is the new black i was like this is horrendous why would i ever want to imagine what it would be like to be in a women's prison like this is not entertaining to me and yeah so like the way that that these people treat each other in this movie I I was just not it, the whole I remember watching it originally I think and just being like super uncomfortable except for the parts that were like mildly funny um, because I had Regina George's in my life and I didn't need a fictional one
2: <laughs> that makes sense
0: on a scale of one to ten how much did I like this movie the limit does 12. not exist <laughs> the limit does not exist the, the limit does not does exist, not exist. The I limit absolutely does not exist. love this movie this movie came out my senior year, the month before I graduated, so I connect this movie with the end of my high school days. I'm fairly certain I saw this movie at the how Theater with Chris Road. Uh I think we were both doing lifeguard training around that weekend because we were getting ready for the pool to open up a month later. So we went to go see it. Um, it wasn't a movie that I had really clamored to see. I mean, I wasn't like, "Oh, we got to go watch this Mean Girls movie," but it was playing, and you know, you didn't really, you weren't picky about movies back then. It wasn't like every other film was an MCU movie back then. You just went to the movies to go to the movies, and uh, I instantly fell in love with its quotability um, because that's what I connect with is things that's that I you quote easily. Um, this movie may have been the first memeable movie to come out. So, like to prepare for this episode of our podcast, I obviously watched the movie last night. Um, I told Kyle I had it on DVD, but instead I bought it on Apple. That way, I have it with me at all times on my phone, um, which is something I should have done years ago
2: it beats tra- having to carry a tv and a dvd player That's around with true. you
0: right um, i listened to the rewatchables podcast on this movie from 2019 i listened to Shea shirano's villains podcast on regina george he, she got her own e- episode of villains from Shea shirano 2 years ago um, like a s- lineup that included like darth vader thanos uh, al pacino's character from the godfather i mean like s- or so many, like, and this was the first episode they recorded was on Regina George, which tells you something to me. Um, and I read several oral histories of the movie from the cast and crew. I feel like this may be the best high school movie ever made. Whoa, now it, it, no, it's better than Breakfast Club. Whoa, now it is better than Breakfast Whoa, Club. Wow. Um, I think it's it, not better
1: than Breakfast Club. <laughs> okay, wrong.
0: I was about. To I say, feel like, like that Breakfast Club has aged poorly whereas this one has aged better than Breakfast Club. Uh. So it is not without its flaws, as we will talk about in What Aged Poorly. But I, feel I like mean, this, that's
1: just like your opinion. <laughs>
0: but I feel like this movie still stands on its own even 17 years later. Uh, I mean, you also
1: movie. have Clueless. You have Jawbreakers. Clueless, you have the Heathers. Clueless and Heathers
0: are up there as well. Don't get me wrong. If nothing else, this movie, if you think of the teen movie championship lineage, it goes from... Breakfast Club, to Heathers, to Clueless, to Mean Girls, to Easy A, to... Napoleon Dynamite's in there, too. It's not a... No. Is no? It? No. He's there. No. It's super quotable. Oh, come
1: on. Like, Cruel Intentions. Yes. Ferris Bueller's um, Day Off.
0: Yes. I don't think they reach the levels of every Whoa. of the, of the uh, movies we mentioned. Ah. Uh, Just I think it.
1: this is, like, solid middle of the road.
0: Yeah, you would be wrong. <laughs> um, this is...
2: Okay. So, I don't know that I can get over this. I feel like you've missed out on that the whole, care if you that
1: can get whole
0: over era of like pretty and pink. No, I Breakfast think Club. They, again, not all those Just like, because it's not in the top tier doesn't mean they're not good movies, okay? Uh, I don't know. We talk about this all the time with the MCU. Breakfast like, Club is like just because it's history. not a top five MCU movie doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Uh, Breakfast Club is in the top tier. I didn't say it wasn't. Mm. It's in the top tier best teen movie lineage over the course of teen movies. I just... That's tough. You know, I think there's a clear line between from Heathers to... Or from Breakfast Club to Heathers to Clueless to this movie to Easy A to what would ever be the equivalent now. So, would it be the kissing move to all the boys i loved before? I don't know.
1: I think the equivalent would actually be a movie that either just hit Netflix or is hitting Netflix tomorrow. Oh, that's snap. also an Amy Poehler vehicle called Moxie.
0: Okay. I hadn't heard about that. I thought... I thought you were
2: just saying, like, this is an equivalent to just a Netflix-made movie that's coming out tomorrow. Who knows what No, it is. no, no. I'm saying, that like, I, like think that, I think
1: movie. that... Superbad's over
0: Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused.
2: Mm-hmm. Ryan says is yeah. joining in online, yeah. giving us all the good ones. Um, I think
1: I think that... I'm, I'm saying that what I, what I think is that, based on how I've seen Moxie marketed, mm-hmm. I think it will be this generation's Mean Girls.
0: Okay, that's fair. I hadn't heard of Moxie, so... I'm happy to look it up though That's cool um, Let's go into our favorite scenes
2: I'm sorry I'm still like blown away <laughs> I started laughing for no reason Breakfast Club Just can't believe We'll move along,
0: we'll move move along. along. We, Here's the thing We're talking about this movie Before we're talking about Breakfast Club that's because it's your favorite movie. I don't care. You could have put Breakfast Club on the table at that's, any point not if my it favorite was your movie. favorite teen movie. It's not. Okay. Or if so, since
1: I didn't re-watch Mean Girls for this, I will now be talking about Breakfast Club for the rest of the episode. Okay. And we'll just compare that. So, my favorite you. scene of Breakfast Club is um, the dance montage.
0: No, Ashby. <laughs> really what good. about you? What about you? <laughs> it's a banner year at the Bender household. <laughs> My dad oh, got me a carton of smokes. Anyway, we're not talking about Breakfast Club. We can talk about Breakfast Club. I love Breakfast That's Club. Fine. It's, it's <laughs> one of my favorite movies, yes. I mean, you, I do not think it's better than this one, but I love Breakfast Club. Again, all you, Virginia
2: George did was graduate and went to play lacrosse. Emilio Estevez struggled hard in that detention center. He went on to coach the Mighty Ducks <laughs> to the
0: Junior Goodwill game. Champions. They beat uh, Iceland. Also may have assaulted Molly Ringwald in that movie. Anyway, um, moving on.
1: This has really devolved pop culturally. It really <laughs>
0: has. Um, favorite scenes from Mean Girls. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, a scene I really like, because I watched it last night, and I don't know the last time I saw it since then, um, but I know I've seen it. But the scene where she is going around at the lunchroom, like she has the whole map of the lunchroom. The cafeteria scene, yeah, yes. And showing like who sits at what tables. The part where she's telling, she gets to themselves. So the it's the best um, people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Janice and Damien, she's like, the best people you are, or the greatest people you ever meet. And they're like smiling and giving her funny faces. I was like, that's totally my friends from high school. Um, and where Ashby had mentioned earlier about how she, you know, avoids some movies that puts her back in situations. I feel like in movies like this, I'm always like, that's the one I hung out with. That's me. That's so-and-so. Like I'm just fully putting myself into the movies. Um, and I think it's easier to say from the guy's standpoint with this movie, too, because it's like, oh, it's all about girls being petty and drama. It's like, no, dudes are exactly the same way. It's just, we just didn't get the movie, which I'm sure we got other movies that show it. Um, we got *Varsity blues. Yeah. Uh, the only other one that I'll just throw out there, uh, I love how this, it happens a couple times in the movie, but where there's her reaction in her head is all the people acting like animals in the jungle Mm -hmm. where literally she dives across like a wildcat and like, you know, tackles Regina George. And then you have uh, the hot boy crush that's like screaming like a monkey. Like a howler monkey. Yeah, Yeah. you've just the entire people break out acting like animals. Um, I think it's done really well because I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh man, this is insane. And then you realize it's all in her head. But I just enjoyed those moments. Very
0: nice. Ashby?
1: I like the trust fall scene. <laughs> uh, specifically, the one where Gretchen gets up and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm so popular. And then she trust falls in right and into and Karen.
0: Like, mm-hmm.
1: yes. <laughs> Only Karen catches her.
0: I love it. And like look on Karen's face like, that was the best apology I've ever heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Walk <laughs> it off. Like, You're okay. <laughs> I'm
1: just She's supposed to give this heartfelt apology and she's like, I'm sorry I'm so popular. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, my favorite scene is the cafeteria scene. Janice taking Katie through all the clicks before she gets introduced formally to the plastics. Um, that includes the scene where she's actually talking to the plastics for the first time. Um, you know, where some other guy's hitting on her and they save her from, from Jason, who is objectionably the worst person in this movie. Yes. Um, the talent show. Which, you know, is memorable for the Plastics version of Jingle Bell Rock, that dance, but also included Damien's version of Beautiful by Christina Aguilera, don't look at me, and Kevin G in The Power of Three doing that wonderful rap, um, you know, at the very, uh, that I used at the very beginning of this episode. And then, of course, the Burn Book being exposed in the hallway, which led to the intervention in the gym, uh, including the scene that Ashby talked about. Um, which ended up in, uh, leading to Regina getting hit by a bus, um, which you know, big turning point in the movie um, so those are my favorite scenes What aged the best from this movie?
2: Me being a dude just watching it, not even being a dude I don't think that matters, but I think just the meaning behind it Um, obviously there's stuff that's exaggerated in this movie, there's stuff that you know, it's just overdone completely. But just the meaning in this, because there's, it put me right back in high school. Like, and I know it still happens now. It's probably even more so now with social media and everything else. But to know, like, we make a big deal out of a bunch of stupid myths, especially yes. at that age. And it's not like downing, if you're a high schooler right now, downing you. Like, I'm not talking about you, but it's just emotions are so strong at that point that we want so much for people to like us and to fit in. And we do stupid things and say stupid things and just change who we are completely to try to be the cool ones and fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of us go the opposite way, where we try so hard not to fit in, but we're still really trying really hard, so hard not to fit in that we're fitting in somewhere else. Right. Um, And I just feel like it still has a strong thing that can go from generation to generation still, because like I said, I know bullying and everything else still happens now. Um, And, I don't know, like I said, it's meant more so to be somewhat of a comedy, so, like, stuff's exaggerated a whole lot in some scenes, but I still think that's something that still happens today.
0: Ashby?
1: I like, so, this movie came out two years before the first High School Musical movie, and I feel like High School Musical gets a lot of credit for the, like, you can be a jock and a theater kid and a nerd and smart and whatever. Mm, um, right. And and I get that there are definitely cliques in high school. Um, but I like that the resolution to this movie was that, yes, there were still cliques and there were still places where you felt like you fit in. But you could be in more than one place. You yes. know, like, Caddy yes. could be... Um,
0: she could be friends Katie. with... Yeah, she could be Catty.
1: friends with the... Anyway. Katie. Um, Pronounce Katie. Katie. I've heard of both. <laughs> so, both. like, they, she could be a an mathlete and she could be the homecoming queen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gretchen could be... um, Sorry, Regina could be gorgeous and a really good athlete. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I I just really liked that it ended with this idea that, like, they all found places that they belong, but they had also found other opportunities to hang out with other people. Um, And I think that, you know, my high school experience was, you know, I had a group of friends that were like my clique, I guess, that I fit in with and that I hung out with. But I was, you know, varsity golf, varsity soccer, honor club, newspaper, Spanish. Like I was doing a ton of things and that put me in contact with a ton of different people I I didn't have one, you know, I wasn't like the goth kid, the band geek, the jock. Like I was, I was in every group because I was doing so many different things. And I think that, that for the most part, that really is the true experience of most high school kids. You're doing multiple different things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie sort of represented that for our generation, you know, two years before High School Musical was like, you can do multiple things in high school. <laughs> it's We're like, well, all yeah. we <laughs> this
0: together. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so for me, what age the best? I have four things here. Um, first is the soundtrack. The soundtrack bops, guys. It is fantastic. Um, check it out. It's really cool. Um, the second is the incredibly difficult dynamics of making your way through high school. I feel like it's still the same. Um, it's just maybe different for kids now because it's, you know, 15, 17 years later, but that dynamic's still the same. You're still trying to make sure you're impressing people. You're still trying to, like, I'm not saying that's the best thing, but it's it's aged correctly. Like, it's the same thing as it was 17 years later. I feel like this movie captures it, and it's still something true today. Uh, Regina George is a villain for me, aged really well. Um, like, she's just a very memorable villain. And then the last is students seeing teachers outside of school and it being awkward. That aged really well, too. <laughs> like, when they run into Tina Fey's character at the mall, and, you know, Regine, or Janice is like, man, I love seeing teachers outside of school. It's like watching a dog walk on its hind legs. Yes, it is. It, it, that's how it feels as the teacher. And then they're like, so, you doing some shopping? And she's like, no, I'm here with my boyfriend. And there's <laughs> just some random old guy there. And she's like, a joke. I make jokes, people. Um, <laughs> so, mm. uh, so that aged the best for me. Um what aged poorly? And I have several things on this list for a movie I love, but uh what aged poorly or what are your nitpicks about this movie? We'll Ashby go first. Ashby you wanna go first? <coughs>
1: Did I mention that I didn't rewatch this movie for this episode? <laughs>
0: you did. So You did.
1: I don't, I did you don't watch have any... The, did you watch the
0: eight-minute recap video I sent you? You said it was entertaining. I did. Okay. I
1: did. Cool. Um, of course, that was, and a, it brought that was a
0: list it, of the best moments. So.
1: <laughs> right, right. So, like, I was watching the, the highlight highlights. <laughs> um. So, I don't... I think that I remember even at the time, or maybe I re-watched it in college with some friends and... Realized that there were some things that just weren't aging well some of the humor yeah. um i think especially the whole running joke when she gets to the school and they expect her to be black because she's coming from, from africa, africa. Yes, that's the first and then she walks up to all the black kids at the table and speaks africanese or whatever to them Afrikaans, and they're just like excuse me yeah. and I, the race jokes didn't that did they, not they age don't well
0: very well known.
1: Yeah. Kyle, what do
0: you think?
2: I agree. Uh, That's the only main thing I wrote was just the humor. Like, some of it's still funny, but there's some things and topics the way it's said or done um, isn't done so well, or it doesn't age well. Uh, I will say there's some things I feel like that are iffy, that are on the borderline of is that funny or is it not funny? And there's some things that are very much like. You know, there's some that are black and white, and it's obvious one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that's, like, depending on who says it depends on if it's funny or not. Yes. And in the, those certain characters, it is funny for that situation, right. for, like, to be able to be honest about things. Right. Um, But, like I said, you know, it's easy to pick apart the whole thing if you really wanted every little thing. But I think you do have to kind of look at it from some different eyes and say... Is that funny coming from them, or is it just not funny at all? And I uh, definitely think there are some of both of those Absolutely. situations throughout the movie. All
0: right, so here's what I've got: uh, casual racism's first thing on my list, mm-hmm. um, in multiple ways. How Africa is depicted in the movie, um, like as this rural area where everyone acts like savages and stuff. Like, no, that's I mean, that's not all of Africa. The fact that it, she's introduced as from Africa, the continent, is troublesome to me because Africa's full of countries, some that are undeveloped, some that are very developed, Um, but every country has, like, major cities and major ports and stuff, and um, so just the idea that that's how Africa's portrayed, as someone who's been there, you know, I I hated that. Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly, yes. Um, Assuming the only black girl in class is is the girl from Africa, again, problematic. Uh, The depiction of the coach as a child predator. Did not like that. Okay, I, I I don't like PE teachers already get a bad rap as it is. Um, I thought he was hilarious, you know, trying to teach health ed and uh, and sex ed, sex ed. But the fact that he's hooking up with two of the um, two of the students, no, no, uh, no, that that is very very bad, and I hate that's how my not market, cool, not
2: cool at all. There this. was a the part of me watching that too that um, it was contradictory, where he's very much like so nervous yeah, talking to these kids about having sex don't it's have like, sex but don't do it don't yeah, do it at all you'll die do if this. you do you'll get chlamydia and you'll die but then he's hanging out and like you know yeah. having a Coach or Carr. Situations. or you'll get pa- or you'll, pack. Pack. you'll get pregnant yeah you'll get pregnant and, and, and then you'll die yes and then you'll die <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, mm-hmm. so
0: just don't do it okay kids mm-hmm. yeah i don't like the i don't like how he was um like i know it was done for comedic effect but you know i'm a pe teacher i'm a coach and i would not want anyone to think of me in that Particular light, so yeah, that aged poorly for me personally. Um, body shaming uh, is something that has aged poorly, um, and obviously, it still happens. So I know they depicted it in the movie as something that happens, and it still happens today. I still think it's aged poorly. Um, buses speeding through a school zone. <laughs> How fast were those buses going? Going at, at the front of the school, they do. They are not supposed to come that fa- go that fast in front of a school. I'm sorry, that is aged poorly for me as someone who sees sees buses every day. They should not be going that fast, and they are. I tell them to slow down. Um, two more things for me that age poorly. The first, a teacher having to work multiple jobs to make a living wage, has aged very poorly for me. I can't believe that Mrs. Norberry is having to bartend and do another job. She's working three jobs. She mentions to pay for her divorce. Um, that's aged poorly. Teachers shouldn't have to work more than her, their one job to make a living wage.
2: I don't know, and and I know this is your career, so I don't want to like step on it and sound bad. But I don't know if it necessarily is aged poorly if it's still accurate. Just because it's still an issue.
0: I think the issue is aged poorly, not necessarily the accuracy of of it being true. No,
2: not all of them. I don't mean that by any means. Yeah. To, but there's definitely some that have multiple jobs or do something on the side. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. fact that that's still a thing, that yeah. is aged poorly to me.
0: Yeah. So, the fact that it happened is, yeah, maybe it's aged good, but the fact that it's still happening is mm. what's poor to me. And then the last, of course, that Fetch didn't happen. That is aged poorly to me as well. Well, that's all up to you. So. It's literally on how often do you use
1: but it. But, in Breaking the Fourth Wall, did Fetch actually happen? Because Fetch didn't happen?
0: That's true. Here we. I mean, I think Mean Girls made fetch. fetch happen. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it should have happened in the movie, though. Poor Gretchen. Um... That might be one of the nicest things to say about Gretchen. I have some more words for her, too. Um, well, speaking of making Fetch happen, even though it didn't happen in the movie, what are f- some of your favorite quotes? Boo, you whore. <laughs> yes. me <laughs> when you said you hadn't watched the movie, I wanted to respond with that quote, but I didn't know how you <laughs> would take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't wanna, I didn't know how you would take it. So. I would love it.
1: I would love <laughs> it.
2: What once again, yeah. Else you got, well, once again, I think that's a line that like us can hear that and think it's hilarious because we can see each other saying that to each other. There's some other people that have some really big issues with that, I'm sure.
0: Well, Karen had an issue with it in the movie. She's like, "Oh my god, I can't wait mm-hmm. my friend talked to me that way." But, well, like,
2: yeah. Erica, as soon as we were watching it last night, Erica started busting out laughing because like her and her Jeep group and stuff. She said. That's how we respond to each other in the Jeep group. It's like That's literally a saying we say to each other in the, beach or the Jeep group.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, another one I thought was really funny was like, oh, my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Yes, great line, great line. Um, we'll ignore the fact that Damien's just hanging out in the girls' bathroom, <laughs> um, and he does it again like when they invite all the junior girls to the gymnasium, and he's just chilling about that with his hoodie on. <laughs> I mean, but mm. hilarious line, hilarious line. Let some other people go. Uh Ashby?
1: Um, I like the, oh, from Karen where she's like, it's like I have ESPN or something.
0: Yes. (laughs) Which then she follows that up with, my breasts can tell when it's going to rain. Which is then followed up with, well, they can tell when it's raining.
1: (laughs) They can tell when it's already (laughs) raining. Yes. Yes. Bless Karen. I mean, like, bless her. I I love love her character. (laughs) She puts the K on in the mirror and it's backwards. backwards. (laughs)
2: There was, this time watching this movie, there was so much more that I appreciated her character. Like, before I feel like I focused on other people, but this one I focused a lot on her. It was like, this had to have been tough as her as an actress moving forward to just been like the dumb blonde in this movie, where that's what people would know her for forever, you know? Like, and it, she's done lots of other things that I yeah. was not aware of until I looked it up to be like. She was in Mamma Mia. Yeah, well, these thoughts happened, and I was
0: like, she's had to have been in other things. She like, was in that Dustin Timberlake up. movie. I don't know the name of know. it anymore.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I, so I looked up the timing, ironically, because I, it made me think of it, because I just watched Veronica Mars. It was one mm-hmm. of those shows that kind of I missed, and I had, I've had some time. So I went back, and I watched Veronica Mars for the first time, and that also came out in 2004, and she was playing a Regina George like character on mm. Veronica Mars in the first season. Like,
0: ironically, she actually auditioned for the role of Regina George. And they said right, like, yeah. she did it really well. Like, it was a different take on it, but she said it, she was somehow more like scary than Rachel McAdams, but less intimidating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Ra- Rachel McAdams nailed the perfect balance between being scary and intimidating, where. Um, Amanda Seyfried did like was actually scarier than her um, than Rachel McAdams' take on Regina George, and they were like so like they wanted the keeper, so they were like well, won't you be Karen? And that was like the simplest role, and she nailed it. Like she just mm-hmm. so um, yeah, she, she did a fantastic yeah. job there. Any other quotes from y'all for y'all?
1: I remember the scene um, just because I thought it was very like being in a group of girls where um, Regina goes but you're like really pretty and katie's like katie's like um thanks and she's like so you agree you think you're really pretty Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like why are we playing these word games like what is happening i just said thank you literally
0: setting a trap for her to see how she would respond like she's already sizing her up like that's the beauty of her villain like she sees this girl like hmm let me see how she responds to this and let me let me talk you know then they make fun you know they low-key make fun of her bracelet there and Mm -hmm. Katie doesn't realize it till midway through the movie wait she was making fun of me that first day about my bracelet yes like so like low-key like I mean just like she's already kind of setting Katie up for some failures thinking hey this girl might be a threat I need to go ahead and talk down to her and take her down a notch just in case
1: Right, because then she watches her do it to that girl with the skirt. With the right, skirt, she's yeah. like, "Oh my God, I love your so skirt." Vintage. And she's like, "Thanks, that is Thanks. Ug- it was my mom's." Yeah,
0: yeah. That is the she's like, "Ugliest skirt uh, I've vintage. ever seen."
1: Yes, and it's just like, "Okay, wow. <laughs> why did you even have to say any- like? Why didn't you just not say anything?" She's just- a mean.
0: She's a mean girl. She, she, <sighs> the world revolves yeah. around her. She wants people to know.
2: Yeah. Um, the other one I really like is whenever. They're upset with Katie and driving away um, and Damien's like, I want my shirt back I want my pink shirt back yep
0: <laughs> Well that whole scene too like it's one past one o'clock and you know like, he's driving really slow and Janice is fussing and he's like I cannot stop this car I have a curfew Janice curfew's at one and it's 115 <laughs> We
2: were watching that scene because the whole movie we've been like Erica saw Janice and she's like that was me in high school. He's like, I didn't necessarily dress that way, and I probably didn't vocalize it, but that's how I felt a lot in high school. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, that scene happens. He's like, yo, let me sure back. <laughs> Eric is like, that's totally Eric. Yeah. She's like, that's Eric's character. She's like, and I told her today, I was like, I'm going to say that. And she's like, uh. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't want him to get mad by thinking I'm insulting him by that. Nah. I was like, no. I was like, but that's totally Eric's character. Nah. He's the guy singing later.
0: He's like, that's Eric's job. He's beautiful. quoting all the things. That's him. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my favorite quotes. When they're doing the trust fall stuff, the girl in the wheelchair says, I don't hate you because you're fat. You're fat because I hate you. I don't even know how to wrap my mind around that, <laughs> but it's hilarious to me. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, Karen's, you want to do something fun? <gasps> you want to go to Taco Bell? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just the fact that ta- going to Taco Bell would be something fun for Karen to do. Just I, I love that. Seems legit. <laughs> uh, seems legit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I think um, Jessica Sterling responded to uh, your post today with that quote. And, of course, you have to respond with, No, Karen, I can't go to Taco Bell because I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you're so stupid. <laughs> Which, in fact, Regina's stupid. Carb?
2: Is carb? Because <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell what, is carbs. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, you, she has no concept of what carbs are because if you see in that – same scene, she's eating bread. Oh, sure. And she's eating all these things that are full of carbs. And the so only she, thing
2: I can think of is I think it's Mighty Ducks Two, where Goldberg feels threatened because Julie the cat Gaffney, a, a girl's going to take his spot as the main goalie, and he was talking to her about trying to help her get in a good diet, and he has her on an all carb diet where she's eating stuff all the time and keeps bringing her pastries, and then she barfs on the ice. So it's that's all I could think about was just this is pretty much the same
0: thing that happened to Mighty Ducks. Uh. Tim Meadows, as Prince of Duval had some great quotes, and um, here's a, a couple of them. You know, he's trying to help a girl down who's hanging from, like, a ladder or something, like, in the hallway when the girls are fighting, and she kicks at him, he's like, Hell no, I did not leave the South Side for this! <laughs> I just love that line. Then he busts the, you know, the uh, fire uh, alarm, and everyone's hair gets sweating. Just, mm. I love that. And then at the beginning of the movie... Um, you know, he gets Katie's name wrong. He pronounces it Katie and she's like, "No, it's Katie." He's like, "My apologies. I have a nephew named Anthony, and I know how mad he gets when I call him Anthony. Almost mad as I get is when I think about the fact that my sister named him Anthony." <laughs> 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 um, a couple more is butter a carb? Uh, yes, of course. Everyone in Africa can read Swedish. Uh, Hi, it's Karen Smith. It's sixty-eight degrees, and there's a thirty percent chance it's already raining. <laughs> Podcast people you didn't see that but yeah I definitely did the whole hand motion there um and then the last one uh, my nana takes her wig off when she's drunk your nana and I have that in common mm-hmm. <laughs> so, great quotes uh any unanswered questions for y'all
2: I didn't
1: but, oh oh we can sorry ahead. I also like the principal um when he was given the speech at the dance or whatever and mm-hmm. he was like I for one cannot wait for, for this. this queer <laughs>
0: Like he was just—he had some great, like low key. Like when he's at the talent show and he's like, "Everyone, make some noise!" and they're all clapping. It he goes. And he's like, "Okay, settle down." <laughs> just, mm. A little too long. <laughs> he this, was he was Tim Meadows was fantastic.
2: This isn't so much an unanswered question; it's just something that I thought of that I didn't realize when I was younger and watched it. Was how much this was a Saturday Night Live movie? Yes. Um, and I know they were careful about how they did it so it didn't just come out as a Saturday Night Live movie, but to realize the people that were in charge of it, the people that were in it, you know, Tina Fey writing it, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it just has that funniness to it or that feeling to it. The same way you go back and watch some of the generations before with like Chris Farley or Adam Sandler or other things like that, you know, it's not over-the-top goofy or anything in this one, but there's just that extra humor that you don't get, I don't feel like, if – a comedy written by somebody else. Just having some of those main key people come in and play these characters or play these roles, um, it automatically has a certain genesis quoi,
1: if you will. It does,
2: yes. So the more I kept seeing it, I was like, this is awesome.
0: Don't use that word. We don't know what it means. (laughs) I imagine it's a chef's kiss, maybe. Yes. Um, Any unanswered questions for you, Ashby?
1: Why don't I like this movie? I, I don't, don't understand know. i thought I you did you.
0: like part of the reason we put it on the schedule because i thought you enjoyed it so i, I was, know i enjoyed it i, don't I don't thought know. you
2: enjoyed it too so i was leaving work today and michael thompson was like oh i have you know a good time on the podcast tonight he's like I, it's one of eric's favorites right and i was like yeah it's one of his favorites i was like i also found out today that ashley doesn't really care for it so this
0: should be fun it's <laughs> <laughs> like i laughed he's like well good luck good luck <laughs> um here's some of my unanswered questions so we know Aaron and uh, Katie, they got together in the movie, but come on. He went off to college. She's still a senior in high school. When do they break up? They break up at Halloween or do they break up at Thanksgiving? I'm just – you're getting, Well, I guess uh, sorry, uh, yeah. I'm thinking they broke up at mm, Thanksgiving. And she went to go visit him at a Halloween party. They got a big fight there, and they broke up over Thanksgiving is my theory. Yeah,
1: somewhere in between, yeah. The week before Thanksgiving break. Yeah,
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah. How did Regina survive getting hit by that bus because that bus was coming in pretty hard I <laughs> mean she's got superpowers, I'm just saying.
1: She's too mean today.
0: Exactly. Um, how did Janice and Regina become friends and then ultimately have a falling out? And I have a theory on why they had a falling out and it's, it's just a misunderstanding. There were you know Regina was starting you know rumors that she might that Janice might be a lesbian but we find at the end of the movie that she's Lebanese. And I'm wondering, did Regina just find out that she's Lebanese and she misunderstood? And that's the whole fallout between Regina and Janice?
2: (laughs) Well, I feel like it was
0: good.
1: That that. actually makes perfect sense. It does. I
2: never even thought about that.
0: Like, that hit me yet last night when I was watching, like, wait a minute, Lebanese, there's some wordplay here. Mm. I wonder if that's why she thought, you know, that's why the rumor got started was Janice is Lebanese like that that makes perfect sense to me
2: (laughs) i will say i'm glad that they included that relationship as well yes because you do see that a lot where there's kids that come up even like you know from being really good friends in elementary school and getting to middle school and there's just that change there Mm -hmm. but then you also see that when they get to high school there's a big change change where all of a sudden people that were really close start growing apart um Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that does come with hurt feelings and anger or animosity towards each other. Sometimes you It know, happens you in life as adults. It does. I mean,
0: it's it's something that happens. I mean, my best friend from high school and I don't talk anymore. I mean, it's just part of the life. It's just how it happens. So Um Anyway, random section. Um, I've got a couple of follow up questions that I put on there. I don't know if y'all saw them today. Um, but I'm gonna jump into those and then we can jump in with anything else random if y'all want to talk about it um what was the worst thing that regina did in your opinion in this movie it took me a minute to
2: remember but i started like thinking them through the to me the worst thing that she did the entire movie was she called there was the girl at the mall flirting with the guy or whatever and she called that girl's mom pretending to be a lady from planned, planned parenthood. parenthood yep. it said her test is in and this you know i need to you know it's, it's urgent it's urgent we need to talk and then just me, it's like that ruins the relationship with the mom and the daughter for who mm-hmm. knows how long, because now there's trust issues there. Yep. This shouldn't be. Uh, but then also we already see how badly people talk about each other. Yes. So what level is this going to even more so bring this girl's life down? Yeah. Um, that's just a horrible thing to do in general, but then there's a lot of after effects coming from that as well.
0: To me, that was the worst thing she did. Uh, only uh, The only thing that came close was not letting Fetch happen. So, Ashby, do you have anything? I concur. You concur. Um, Number two, who was actually the worst person in this movie? Like, the worst character. or Like, when I say character, like, who was the worst person in this movie?
2: I'm sure there's a lot deeper of an answer that you could find. But for me, it was Regina. Just because I thought about all the other people that were so much affected were all somewhat circled around her. Like people were doing things and saying things because they wanted her to like them. Um, but then also like, even as a grown up now and seeing how she treats her parents and how she treats them, like treats her, her friends that are supposedly her best friends, you know, air quotes. Uh, and then she treats strangers horribly, but then also she treats her family horribly. So I feel like there's multiple people there that that's causing. Now there are other people, you know, Katie for doing horrible things as well. Also, Janice, you know, kind of instigates this whole thing to begin with um, instead of doing whatever else. But that's
0: the one that stands out to me. For me, and I mentioned it earlier, Jason is the worst person in this movie. Jason is Gretchen's on-again, off-again boyfriend. And our first scene with him, actually our first scene with him is he's in the cafeteria. And there's a quote I'm not going to quote on Facebook because I already got in trouble earlier. Well, not really get in trouble, but you know. Um, but the second scene with him is Katie's walking in the lunchroom and he comes up to her and it's like, hey, we're taking a survey of new lunchtime students. Is your muffin buttered? Would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? And she's like, what, what? And she, he's doing it right in front of the girl he was supposed to call last night. So he's a jerk already. The next scene we see from him, I think, is at the talent show, and he throws a shoe at Damien while he's performing. Now, he got his comeuppance later because Gretchen kicked the boombox uh, boom box into his face. So good for Gretchen. I don't think she did it on purpose, but um but he just he you know, he's on a he leads Gretchen on a roller coaster ride of emotions. He's a jerk in the worst sense of the word. Um I, I don't think there's any redeemable qualities about him whatsoever. He's just a creep and a jerk. Um I, I can find some redeemable qualities in every other character in this movie, including Regina. Um I cannot find a redeemable quality in him at all. So Ashby, do you have any thoughts?
1: Uh, Regina's mom. Yes. I, I love Amy Poehler. I love how she plays this character. But if you take the character at face value, the only thing worse than high schoolers who act this way are parents who act this way. That, Absolutely. That enable and that want to be the cool parent and that can't form boundaries and that can't say no. And I think she's one of the worst people in the movie.
0: Is there alcohol in this? Oh, God, no. What kind of mom do you think I am? Why do you want some? Because if you're going to drink, I would rather you do it in the house at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <Please>. Right,
1: right. Right. <laughs> Oh, my goodness.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so which table are you sitting at in the cafeteria? And I listed all the categories that Janice listed there in the movie. You had your preps, your JV jocks, Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, girls who eat their feelings, girls who don't eat anything, unfriendly black hotties, burnout, sexually active fan geeks, desperate wannabes, the greatest people you ever meet, a.k.a. the art freaks, or the plastics, the worst. Where are you sitting?
2: I put I'm floating from table to table. Me too! <laughs> Because I feel like, same <laughs> as as you said earlier, and I feel like it's something, it, I don't think it applies to everybody in high school, but I feel like the three of us at least were the people that kind of were friends with everybody, or at least could yeah. be, you know, have stuff with everybody. So it honestly just depends who was in that lunch whenever I came out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I literally, I think my senior year sat at a different table every day because I knew everyone, but I wasn't close with like n- any one group enough to sit with them every day. So I was like, let's just you know go around. So I sat with the jocks one day, and I sat with the the band geeks one day, and I sat with the art people one day, and I sat with the cool people one day, and I mean, just I sat with the farmer guys one day. I mean, because that was a thing at our school. I mean, somewhere you
2: know, there's like the emo kids or whatever yeah, else, I are sat just rock with people. Them. I mean, I think it was for us too. Is just, and I know, like, because there's part of me that wants to pretend that like we didn't have. Our cliques at least blended a little better than what's shown in this movie, and maybe they did somewhat. But then it's also me looking at it from like a polished, you know, viewpoint from years and years later, looking back on Glory Days. Versus, there's definitely cliques people that would have def- given you weird looks for even thinking about sitting with them, you know, and would have talked trash about you the whole time. Like, there's a lot of stuff there that existed, and right. I, so I don't want to ignore it. But at the same time, I definitely. I don't know. I feel like it got more difficult the older I got, right? especially by my senior year um, and me becoming a person that was more like Janice, that was more just who she was and enjoyed that, um, that I was thankful that I still had friends and other click groups that were very much still loving and welcoming and being my friend. But I started to realize too, like I wasn't caring so much to fit in with everybody else. right? Um, and so by that point, I started seeing a lot of just the dumb things that other people did. Um, by making fun of other people for their sexual orientation or other things mm-hmm. because I just remember it happening. I mean, there's no point in me going into big stories about it, but it's just like one of those things that they made fun of somebody and thought it was hilarious and then thought that it was necessary to come to me and tell me, hey, you should go make fun of this person because of this. And I just kind of looked at them and I like, know that's stupid. Yeah. Um, and – by all means, I'm not perfect. I know I've you know, said and have done hurtful things in my life, too. I don't want to pretend like I'm an angel. But at the same time, like I am thankful to have hit that point, to have been aware of the dumb things and not felt you know, like you had to fit in with whatever.
0: Here's the thing about us, and Ashby, you will probably agree with this, but we went to a small high school. We were a 1A high school in Johnson County, um, not remotely the most popular part of Johnson County. In rural North Carolina. So, like, all our cliques kind of had to blend in. Like, because we didn't have so many people in our classes. Like, I think my graduating class was 139. Um, And I know they've gotten bigger as the years have gone on, but that's still a small high school compared to other high schools, I mean, in our state even. Um, So, like, we knew everybody because – we were a small high school. I mean, we had to kind of blend in. You kind of had to be a band geek and a jock at the same time because we didn't have enough people to go around. <laughs> I mean, like, you had to do the high school musical thing because we didn't have enough people to play baritone and middle linebacker. I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of what we had to do. So you had to, you kind of all got spread, you know, across all the different genres of people um, because that's all we had in our school. So, um, but Ashby, um, I know you answered earlier, but would you also agree that you're floating at? The tables.
1: Yeah, I would say. I mean, I can be a little bit more specific. Just within the criteria of the movie, I was probably floating between jocks, uh, desperate wannabes, and art freaks for the most part.
0: That's fair. We, you know, we we didn't have the Asian nerds or the cool Asians at our school because, we, you know, rural no. County, We barely had people from that part of the world at our school. So Let me
1: tell you, though, we did have some sexually active band gigs. Yes, we did. <laughs> Especially that drum line. you got to watch out for that drum line. You'll get chlamydia and die.
2: Yes. <laughs> that's why our band Don't do it standing just, up. <laughs> that's why our band department just died out over the years. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. Who won the movie... I've got three answers for this, but yeah.
1: I actually have an answer for this. Go for it. And I'm I'm pretty like firm about this. Um I think Regina George won the movie because if you look at the the characters who changed the most from the start of the movie to the end of the movie that evolved for the better and learned to be a better person. And was a happier, more well-adjusted person by the end of this movie, because you think about it, Katie was back to where she started, basically. But Regina was a completely different person. Like she wasn't mean. She had found a place that she belonged. She had found a way to channel her more like negative emotions and her anger, Um, and she was happy, you know, um, with athletes. And I I really think that she won the movie.
2: All right, Kyle. That's an option. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that option, but it's an option. I don't disagree with it. No. I, th- I went a different route. I said I think uh, Tina Fey's character, Miss Norbury, won the movie. Um, just because at the beginning of the movie, she was a character <laughs> that, even as a teacher, you could tell that kids just didn't really take her serious, or at least not enough. Um, She's a pusher. She, well, she was, but by the end of the movie, like, she's the one that pretty much is entrusted to take care of this whole situation that's going on, and she's finally, like, I really appreciated the fact of her honesty with these kids. Like, she has them there, she doesn't just beat around the bush, you know, she just lays it out there and just calls it for what it is and tells people, you know, you're calling each other sluts and all these other names, and it's horrible, and you need to stop, like, yes to to be able to have these these big conversations to be able to even throughout this whole process she just doesn't turn around right she doesn't dump katie and leave her out to dry and just say whatever for you but she also doesn't just lovingly be like oh it's all okay you know she's still tough on her enough to show her like be who you really are you know excel at the things you're really good at quit you know belittling yourself for somebody's attention um And I just feel like by the end of the movie, she has more respect um, amongst the students for her, but probably the staff as well. Um, And I got to feel like she's at least more confident within herself because she starts off this movie with just recently having a divorce, having to have extra jobs to help pay for the divorce, um, and everything else she's having to deal with uh, versus at the end, she finally was able to express herself, but also to probably be the teacher that people would want to come talk to now if they're going through stuff, they have somebody they can trust to get through these situations with.
0: Like I think even in the movie, you see it whenever the principal, um, Mr. Duvall, is like, "Miss Norberry, you're a strong, confident, independent woman," and she's like, "I am." Mm-hmm. Like she was even having that self doubt there. And she's like, and he's like, you know, there's got to be something you can say to, you know, get their attention, you know. And he's like, she's like, I don't think it's confidence. They're all pretty full of themselves, yeah. <laughs> but you know, she takes charge, and I think that that's a motivator that she needed. Mm-hmm. You know, she got it from her superior, and she needed that confidence and that encouragement. And like you said, I think that's a great answer too. Um, I have a real world uh, answer and then a in in movie answer. Um, I feel like in the real world. Rachel McAdams won this movie, and Lindsay Lohan lost, because Rachel McAdams' career took off. It was Mean Girls, then The Notebook, then Wedding Crashers, and then Red Eye. Did she uh, already film The Notebook before this came out, though? This w- she would f- had filmed it, and it came out after this movie. But it was she already filmed it before this Yes. Okay. So, yes. Just checking. So, like, her career took off. Mm-hmm. You know, she had, you know, three great movies in a row. This was Lindsay Lohan's last great role. Like... After this, rumors came out the, the next year, and I'm talking about the song that she recorded. That was her downfall, and then she went into some unfortunate, um, you know, <sighs> situations with drugs and paparazzi. We talked about this with Britney Spears a, a couple of weeks ago. They are just not kind to teen or young women in pop culture industries, and I think Lindsay Lohan got chewed up by it. And it's really unfortunate because she was very, very talented. Um, they were calling her like a young Jodie Foster, um, you know, after like Parent Trap and Freaky Friday. I mean, like she was on her way to do some good things, and then the the just the awfulness of the paparazzi and. Uh, of ho- the way Hollywood treats women of, of that age, it just it really got, I mean, it just really, I'm not excusing what th- some of the things that she needs to take responsibility for, but I just hate that's the path that it took her on because she had a lot of really good talent. And I wish we would have been able to see her in some more classic movies, but I think this was her last really big movie before she hit rock bottom.
2: Not to interrupt you from continuing forward your next one yet, but mm-hmm. something I didn't realize whenever I was like watching some behind-the-scenes stuff with this movie, is that whenever they were recording this, she wasn't even 18 yet. No, she was, like, she was still seven, like a teenager versus typically on these type of movies, you would have somebody that's probably early twenties or something that just dressed in which is like Rachel McAdams is like eight Tw- years she's older. 27. Yeah. yeah. So she was I mean, much younger. She was 25 when it was filmed. Yeah. yeah. But sitting right across from the table. And honestly, you just see them both as same age classmates. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that Lindsay Lohan is also very still young at this point. Um, once again, that's not an excuse for anything. It's just you don't realize the age. You always, you just watch it and assume she's probably in her 20s at this point, but she's not. Yeah. Um, so I don't
0: know. There's a lot to go along with that. But in movie, I feel like everybody wants something except Gretchen Wieners mm. because she's the only one who did not learn anything throughout the movie. She's still serving in a clique, serving another Queen Bee character. She mm. learned Vietnamese. For, for the being that click I mean she's still just trying to be a people pleaser she wants to be in a popular clique and she's doing you know everything she can to serve this other person this leader of the clique and of course fetch didn't happen so again she lost I there's, think everyone else won but I think she lost
2: and there's the part too I hate for that and I know this is all like just a movie but you can tell like deep down she actually has a good heart where she really cares about things. She just is so infatuated with trying to be good enough for other people that she never gets to truly just live and express, you know, who she truly is in the caring part. Because I feel like if she ever got to that point, you would see a much better person or much, you know, more caring person. Um, because you see her emotions run wild a little bit throughout the movie. But I just don't think, you know, I feel like her feelings of having to be appreciated or, you know, somebody you know serving somebody. Is much greater than anything else. All
1: right. Fun facts time. Mm. One for you, four for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. (laughs) And none for Gretchen Wieners. Bye. That's not exactly true. Let's give six fun facts and observations for Gretchen Wieners, two from each of us. Kyle Coco, you go first.
2: Okay. Is that my new name, Kyle Coco? uh let's see um i was watching this today and you mentioned it earlier about how they did the musical in 2018 uh tim meadows i think was the only actor from the movie that was actually in the musical uh but also i know when they did the mean girls reunion i think in 2018 tina Fey said she was in the midst of talking about doing a musical movie So same way they've done other musicals, like Hamilton or other, you know, not necessarily Hamilton, it's more of a stage one. But still, taking the musical version of this now and making a movie of the musical. Um, And they are somewhat supposedly making that happen, or at least talks in
0: making that happen. All right. I'll do number two. Um, I love foreshadowing in movies, um, and I love imagery and stuff. And one of the big things that you see foreshadowing is the bus. Like, you see uh-huh. the bus almost hitting Katie in the first scene, and it comes back to hit Regina later on. That's a big one. But there's actually a smaller thing that I didn't really even notice until I listened to Shay Serrano discussing this on his wonderful podcast, Villains. In the first cafeteria scene, when Katie meets the, pl- meets the Plastics, Regina, Karen, and Gretchen are all eating the same thing, and they're drinking the same thing. They have a sandwich with a Perrier with a white straw. The second cafeteria scene, Katie has joined the plastic at this point. Regina, Karen, and Gretchen are all still eating the same thing, but now Karen and Gretchen are drinking a Diet Coke, which is what Katie is drinking in that scene. And then in the last cafeteria scene, right before the infamous, you can't sit with us, quote, Katie Gretchen and Karen are all eating and drinking the same thing, and Regina is the odd person out there. I love the subtle imagery there. It's a minor detail, but it shows the progression of the plastics slowly changing their allegiances.
1: Nice. So I found, like, a real, real deep... Deep cut here. Okay. (laughs) Just because I love the Disney tie-in. So um, Daniel DeSanto, who plays Jason, and Julia uh, Chantry, who plays Amber. Mm -hmm. um, This was their second time being co-cast members. Um, Their first team-up was in 2000 when they were both um, in Phantom of the Megaplex, the Disney original movie. Oh,
0: Nice.
2: Um, mine is not as, as deep. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's character is named after Tina Fey's college roommate. Um, she says while studying drama at the university of Virginia in the early nineties, Tina Fey and her college buddy, Katie Gary shared what sounded like a rather squalid apartment. in she said, we really didn't have any furniture. Um, said we just had mattresses on the floor and a beanbag in the living room. But that's where the name came from was that was her roommate as she wrote the script.
0: Number five. All right, before we go further, adult content warning coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you were listening to this, you have young kids in the car, you might want to fast forward about three or four minutes forward. Uh, this is adult content. Uh, this movie is rated PG-13, but it was almost rated R. Two lines were changed to get it to pg thirteen. In the first cafeteria scene, Jason, again, the objectionably worst person in this film, asked Katie if her muffin is buttered. If she, they would, if she would like to have someone assigned to butter her muffin. But originally that line was, is your cherry popped? Which makes that line way creepier. Um, uh-huh. The second line was in the burn book. Amber D'Alessia, which you just mentioned uh, the actress who played Amber in your fun fact, Ashby. Um, she was accused of making out with a hot dog, which she responded to with, oh my God, that was one time. It
1: was one time. <laughs>
0: now, there are conflicting reports on what the original line was, so I'm just going to pick one that I think I can get away with. Uh, but one report says that the original line that had to be replaced was she had sex with a hot dog. Again, they changed those two lines to make it PG-13. There was an um, another scene where the mpaa wanted to make it ready to based on um, one character's comment in the caf- in the gym about uh, her period when she was talking about how she used super jumbo super jumbo tampons but she has a wide flow and a heavy set vagina and um, no they got those mixed up a heavy flow and a wide set vagina um, but uh tina they wrote a impassionate letter to the MPA saying there's nothing gross about that scene she is just talking about a normal bodily function of a girl and it's not used to make fun of it's not used to to um, to damage anyone it's you know it's it's a normal part of a, being a young girl and it should not be docked um, b- because of that so the MPA she agreed. also
1: apparently argued that anchorman used the word vagina and they got a PG-13 rating
0: absolutely so, good, so for, good for you, Tina Fey.
1: That's right. All right, Ashby? Fairness. So, since I've been talking... Hello, James. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. Just, you know, a cat tail in my face. Um, Since I've been talking about High School Musical, I thought it was interesting. I found a little tidbit that um, Ashley Tisdale auditioned for Karen Smith and yes. obviously didn't get it, and then she ended up being cast in High School Musical, you know, two years later. Nice. So.
0: She's also the voice of um, Candace and Phineas and Ferb. Yes, she is. All right. Well, she doesn't even go here. (laughs) Social media shout-outs, Kyle. I was
2: just looking through all the social media shout-outs, and this week it's easier just to say that we've already said them all because literally everything was a quote from this movie, and I think that just speaks volumes for what this movie is the same way that... It's very memeable, And that's where it came from. I think that's a reason that... it has the following. It's had all these years. It's just how quotable it is. All the funny lines in it that you could quote now. Um, so as for all of you online, we definitely appreciate you joining in. Uh, we had a lot of conversation, but literally, it's all either uh, just gifs of every uh, you know from Mean Girls, or it's quotes from Mean Girls, and I think we've covered every single one of them so far.
0: I think so too. I'm surprised we didn't mention what is Mean Girls Day, which is mm. October third, because in the movie, Aaron Samuels asked Katie. What day is it? You know, on October 3rd. And she responds with, it's October 3rd. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Uh, so, we'll, uh, we'll stop there. I wish we could all get along like we used to in middle school. <laughs> I wish I could make a cake filled with rainbows and smiles and everyone would eat and be happy. Thank you for Ricky Lyles for his contributions to our podcast. We also want to thank you, the listener, for being a part of our journey into pop culture nostalgia and general fandom and all the things that we like. Next week, Ashby, you're taking the week off. Me and Kyle will be discussing 90s sports celebrities. Mm -hmm. That ought to be an interesting conversation. Now, we're not talking about their contribution to their sports, but how they transcended pop culture. So we're not talking about Michael Jordan, the basketball player. We're talking about him, the actor or, you know, whatever. That's just well, I think an example. So We'll
2: get a little more deep into it next week, but I think the idea of it is just the spectacularism of – let's make that word up – of just sports, you know, people from the 90s and how they were just as, a much bigger deal, even if it was just relating to their sports. But everyone on the planet knew who Michael Jordan was. Absolutely. So, so. something that. we We'll, we'll
0: dive this. deep into that next week. Ashley, you enjoy your week off. I think you're coming back in two weeks. And I'm yes. a, I'm not sure what episode you'll be rejoining us on, but I'm very excited for you to
1: join us. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> It'll be surprise. a
0: surprise,
2: surprise, oh
1: surprise. <laughs> um,
2: I'm sorry, but Eric just minimized his iPad screen to like look at the schedule, and whenever he did, all these other open tabs popped up. And I wasn't trying to be nosy, I just glanced over and Judge Judy was literally just sitting was up for really the really Judge Judy? Yeah, you've
0: been watching some Judge Judy. I actually have not. Well, she's Don't there. Don't worry about it. Du- <laughs> Doctor Strange is what you're going to be discussing ah, in two weeks. Okay. Um, oh, and no, it's Ready a... Ready to get uh, my uh, cumberbatch on. It's a BuzzFeed article. Um, oh, yeah, either way, <laughs> it's a BuzzFeed article with Judge Judy on it. Judge Judy, just her so, face was <laughs> hanging out on the yes, computer. Yes, so that's, a, that's awesome. So yeah, until next time on Wednesdays. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we'll see you next week.
2: What the what?
0: Bye.